Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phenomenal Podcast. Welcome to Styles Club. And soon this will be renamed to Styles TV and or radio. As I am working on that, just let me come up with something for, but for right now, Styles Club. Because you're all part of Styles Club. And we are going to talk about this. This is season one, episode three. By default over everything. Well, if you notice, there's a different series going on in this one podcast, and this is this series on T.Y. Styles, My Life, My Rules. So in this series, this is season one, episode two, A Life in a Different Direction. And I'm going to pick back up from where I left off in the last one. In the last one, we was talking about none other than, well, my life, and it ended with where things all change, or my life went to a different direction. Homelessness. That's where my story started to finally get hurt when I went homeless back in 2018. For the first time, people actually started believing things I was going through. Nobody believed the monstrous battles I didn't suffer in my entire life, and the pain and sorrow I felt, and everybody I knew just died, and how I felt alone and abandoned in this world. No. But... 2018, when I was homeless in this city of Philadelphia, people started to realize I was actually fighting for my life. I wasn't lying because they seen me out there rather be homeless than to deal with the greater evils I had to deal with and rather starve to death than deal with the greater evils I had. And now I know me sounding talking about it now, it makes it seem like, well, if I dealt with those great ears, I would have ate. I probably wouldn't have eaten either way. There were times I would have eaten maybe once a week. I was eating more homeless, actually. And the only downside of me being homeless is I wasn't smelling good at all. But I had more friends, kind of. A couple of those people who I still talk to to this day, even though I'm not homeless anymore. It's been a couple of years. You would think I wouldn't, but I still talk to them pretty much every time I see them. Which is pretty often. Mm. Good old fashioned water. Crack the neck a little. You know. But during this time, I, I found the true meaning of. Yeah, I'm not alone. I found that true meaning. I would say I, I've met the true meaning of friendship, but then again, do we ever? You don't really meet the true meaning of that until you're about to die. But. As I've already said many, many times, I didn't die, not once but twice, and then all other times, I've nearly died a trillion times over. So you, if, if that is the truth, then she and I already know the meaning of friends and friendship. Thing is, I died twice, I nearly died other times, but the thing is, I never learned it because those are some of my time to die. It was premature. So obviously, I didn't know. And when that curtain calling on the movie that is T.Y. Styles finally comes around, by then I will know what it means. And it's funny how I say it. How that is funny with friends. Because you see, I was, I was watching Naruto Shippuden today. And they basically said the same question. One of the sensei's teachers, whatever you want to call him, said the same thing to one of his former students. But it wasn't about friendship, it was about a king. Because the guy said, then what makes a king so important? And 
why is the king so important and who makes the king so important and the most important piece of the king. But he said, wrong, it's not. And he asked, so the kid asked, what is? And since they said, you'll know when it's time. The backstory on that is the sensei was actually the son of the legendary third Hokage or the legendary president or king or whatever you want to say. The one who's on the top. He was the son of him. So he was basically like a prince in a sense. But even he didn't understand it. And it doesn't kind of work like you're a king so your son takes over. Now, in, in Naruto, there's some that's like that, but then there's others that's not. Like, in Naruto, with the main village that you're in, the Hidden Leaf, you have a Hokage, the president, whatever you want to call him. That's the leader. Their family is technically the first family, but they don't get treated like that. They're just treated like normal civilians. Only the leader is treated like that. The son, the grandson, all of them, they can just get tossed aside with everybody else. I mean, they get some kind of respect because of who their relative is, but that's about it. And that's crazy. But in the other villages, you got the Kazekages, who only somebody that bloodline can be the leader. And they don't know what it's like to be a king either. And it kind of ties into things where people really don't seem to know what the true meaning is. It's a death is really calling your name. That's when you realize the true meaning of friendship Love, hate, anger, rage, joy, happiness, friendship, enemies, family. You realize the true meaning of life as life is slipping away from you. In my case, for the final time. You know, so as long as we're living on this earth, we don't know nothing. We, we portray ourselves to be smart. We're the smartest creatures on the planet. But how smart are we? When we're still trying to figure out things. And on top of that, our research can only take us but so far. And we always go to war with each other. Not even over like things that we should go to war with, which we couldn't really settle in a different way. We go to war with some of the stupidest things. And... If you watch what happens on the news, if you see what happens in game shows, they get to the extreme. If you play video games, if you watch anime, if you watch anything, you'll see when the smallest thing happens, it leads to a big, gigantic war. And the one thing that always happens in all of them is there's always a bunch of casualties. And we can learn from that. We can learn that there's always a war and there's casualties. And you want to know how I'm going to tie this to my life. Well, here's how I'm going to tie this all to my life. You see, in my life, I was born into a war between my mom and my dad. Those who was bickering back and forth, hating each other, but somehow they couldn't stop nailing each other. And I was the end result. Well, one of many. But we ain't going to speak on that. And I was the end result, though. The first one born, not aborted. The rest was aborted. That came before me. Yeah, my mom was pregnant twice before me. Both times she was pregnant before me was with twins. Those four didn't make it. Then all of a sudden she popped out three more. Two of them are gone and I'm still here. The oldest is still alive, amigo. 
Yeah. I was born into a war, and you know something? I was about to be a casualty. In fact, I'm a two-time casualty. I was strangled, going for 38-some minutes, came back, barely. I was told I was going to be a paraplegic or whatever, however you pronounce it. Dropped on my head, going for another six, seven hours. Supposed to guarantee a paraplegic or however you pronounce it. Came back. And this whole time I've been recording, I've been walking around. I've been moving my neck, even though my neck is hurting like hell. I've been moving because I'm not paralyzed. Because I survived death. Not once, not twice. I survived it many, many times over. I have battle scars on me that is unbelievable. And I'm a casualty. Why am I a casualty? Okay, let's take it back. 2012, April 14th. I'm a casualty that day. Because in the middle of my mom and dad fighting, who I had no clue was fighting, I wasn't even in, supposed to be in the area. I'm just walking through to go see my cousin, who lives, ironically, on the same block as my mom. So I know I'm an idiot for that one. You can yell at me later. I run into those who fighting, who don't even live with each other at this point. My mom lives at, with my grandma and my grandpa. Then again, when does she not live there? But that's beside the point. They was fighting for some dumb reason again. She swung on him. I intercepted it on me because I was walking through. Trust me, I would have let them keep fighting. And she hit me. I feel like that hit on me was on purpose because I was on the complete opposite side of them. They was like towards the right near buildings. I was already at the concrete, about to hit the street, and I got hit. And during this time, I had anger issues, so, you know, my rage took over. And next thing you know, me and my mom rumbling, and my dad sitting there laughing like, ha <sighs> dumbasses. And I'm like, uh-huh, you're next, too. Don't don't think you ain't getting away. You can catch his work. During that time, I'm trash talking. My mom had a clean hit, and she missed it. But what she followed it up with was an elbow that she missed because I ducked it. And when I came up from the, <clears throat> excuse me, when I came up from that duck, I caught a punch right to the throat. You could call that the end of the once talented voice of a phenomenal one. Because ever since that day, I've never been able to sing. Ever. I had vocal surgery, never returned. It was, it was over. You know, that was the first possible career of mine that was killed. And it was killed in an instant. But let's move on from there. What happened from there on, it only got worse. About a couple years later, maybe two or three, things really hit hard. I got into a fight. Random kid messing with my niece. I wasn't going to let that happen. That's my niece. So uh, I went and talked. He spit on me. I let it slide for a couple seconds. I was going to eventually get him back for it, but I let it slide for a couple seconds trying to figure out why he messed my knees. Eventually, he punched me, and then I said, screw it. So we started fighting. This kid took the dirtiest shot in the game. Whenever somebody say they've been low-blowed, I say, was it actually on contact? Did you actually feel it? Most of them say they never felt that, but like, uh-huh, because they missed. I... Felt that pain of being low blowed. I was on my knees, holding my crotch area, screaming in pain, unlike any pain I ever felt before. You know what happened? 
that actually flipped the testicle over on itself. Yeah, it flipped over on itself and it wasn't getting blood circulation. And for a week, I was stuck like that. And this is during the time I was forced to live with my father. State order to, if I didn't, I'll go to jail. At the time, because, you know, I was a teenager. But let's just keep focusing on that. You know, it was like that for a week to the point where my dad would end up forced to take me to the hospital because I have re- complained about it, even calling the cops. So, yeah, I'm a wise guy. And he took me, but by then he took me, it was already too late. Why was it too late? Tesco died in the middle of surgery. And this is something I, I rarely ever talk about. Only people that know about this has read it in some kind of report and asked me about it. And then I'm like, no, I can't hide it because you already know. So I would talk to them. And people that are super close to me that know me as if they was me. Those are the only people that know. So the fact that I'm even mentioning this on this podcast it's crazy. Man, my neck really hurt like something the fuck else. Man. It's like it's cramping up. But anyway. That's what I was saying. That, that all affected me because ever since then, I, I slowly changed on that. Yeah, I've died twice and came back twice. But that time... A part of me died, and it isn't coming back. It's dead, dead. That was my warning that I'm not staying here forever. So I started to, to really focus my life on making the most out of it. Thriving. I became the guy who do anything and everything to survive. Knowing that one day my time will come. And, you know, that's a dark life when you're doing anything and everything to survive, but... It kind of helped me out a few years later. It helped me out about five years later when I was homeless. Yeah, that's right. I went homeless about six days after my birthday. July 17th, the birthday. July 23rd, homeless. It's amazing how that happened, right? Just celebrated birthday. Homeless boy. Yep. In the streets of Southwest Philadelphia. And it's crazy. It seems like every time I come to Philly... Something bad happens to me. But every time I stay over in Canada or Georgia or Alabama or Carolinas, either one, and I hate South Carolina, California, the Dakotas, Colorado, I'm perfectly fine. But whenever I come back to this hellhole known as Philadelphia, bad things happen to me. Now, good things happen to me, too. I won my first world championship here in Philadelphia. Most of my football games happened in Philadelphia. I won eight state titles in Philadelphia through Pennsylvania. Oh, wait, I'm alive. I didn't win my first world title in Philadelphia. I won it in North Carolina. I won my first one by winning it in a one-on-one match in Philly. My first world title came in North Carolina in a fatal four-way. By the way, that first world title was also my first title. Yeah, boy, shout out. And you see, when I went homeless, things changed for me. That career path that was going on, that was peaking, stopped. I mean, early 2018, I had this amazing gimmick. 
it was starting off with the Lucky Styles motto because during that time I was barely surviving. I nearly died after being choked sand through a truck. I was jumped after leaving a wrestling event that I was working. That was also the same time I got choked sand through a truck. I was winning championship after championship. I was working in Canadian American Wrestling. The first and last CAW champion and World Heavyweight champion. One of the only freaking rumble. I'm a god. Like JBL, I'm a wrestling god. But it wasn't enough for me. I mean, I was surviving and I was winning. And then I branched out of the Lucky Styles into a better gimmick. I called it Ready to Die. And my might skills with the idea it was perfect because it made me seem like a modern day undertaker just not a powerhouse more of a high flyer and we know undertaker can fly but i was flying my ass off and the might skills unlike taker was actually pretty damn good i mean just imagine you're hearing this somebody challenges you boo now you hear me talking about Oh, so you challenged me. Say the whole promo. That's cool. But do you know what happens when you challenge somebody like me? You set yourself up for failure. You set yourself up for a loss, kid. And there's no way around it. When you go up against me, you're done. Because I'm the phenomenal one. And I won't play no mind games. I won't have to outspeed you. I won't have to out-wrestle you on the mat. I won't have to beat you in the sky because I'm already better than you in every way. And trust me, when we finally do meet head-to-head in that ring... I'm going to beat you better and worse than any experience that you ever had. I'm going to make you feel pain worse than any you ever had. That was something I would say back then. And I kind of want to bring it back. But I wasn't, I'm not even finished. Then I, I eventually would add in this part to the promo. It came in a couple months later of random ideas. That there's only three things certain in life. Death. Been there. Texas. Been there. And T.Y. Styles, yes, I said that. And T.Y. Styles, and that became a thing. And but you didn't let me finish. Once I say, and T.Y. Styles, it was also a thing called, "Are you ready to die?" There's a gimmick. It's not me ready to die. It's you. Are you ready to die? So you take out Undertaker's rest in peace to ready to die. And then on top of that, you set it up. You set it off in motion. You had the dark lights. You had the crazy lights. You had the me talking in a deep, dark, angry voice. You got me doing a meditating with the hoodie you on in the dark room with the lights and the cross fingers and you speaking in the tongue and blah, blah, blah. And you hear that ominous voice. And then you think, fuck, this nigga crazy. So then you, you keep going. And I come out of nowhere after a quick light just complete turn off and then come back on and there's a casket and then there's a tombstone behind it it has your name and then all you see is me pop out of the casket doing a sit up like a walking dead or a zombie you hear I asked you are you ready to die and then you hear the bell dong, and the lights go off and then the lightning strikes that was the gimmick in 2018 and you know something in 2018, that gimmick was working because it sold. It sold t-shirts. It sold white beaters. It sold hats. It sold hoodies. It sold sweaters. It sold coffee mugs even. I was even able to sell coffee mugs. So the idea hit. It struck gold. And I was making noise in the industry. I even heard rumors that TNA wanted to sign me back when TNA was still TNA. But then, I went homeless. 
And that all stopped. And my path went in a different direction from that moment on. And it has never yet to recover from that moment. My wrestling career has from there, it hasn't been on hold. And it went from full-time to barely even part-time. You can call me a once-in-a-lifetimer at this point. And I'm trying to get back to full-time, but it's it's kind of hard, you know. There's, there's a place up in the Poconos that's trying to sign me, but, you know, I already got too much beef with people in the mountains, so you know, I don't think the mountain is my way to go. And CAW folded after I left there, so, you know, it ain't, ain't going back there. You can't go back there when it's not there no more. So then they left me. Something else. And that was a place that offered me a shot when I was homeless. But the thing is, I didn't take them up on their offer for the simple fact that I knew they was going to fold with or without me. Now here I am two years later. Like, damn, I called it. They folded. And I'm like, wow. I predicted it. It's like when I was homeless, I was wiser. Now I'm not homeless. And I'm back to where I was at a while ago. Stupid. Like Randy said to Kofi, I was stupid, stupid, stupid. Because I let things distract me. And it's like, if I can get back to that mindset of where I was when I was homeless, anything's possible. Because when I was homeless, I was hungry. Not hungry for food. Hungry for opportunity. Hungry to prove who the fuck I am. I was hungry to get a win or to get a meal. To get the respect that I fucking deserve because I damn near earned it. Because when I was homeless, I didn't want no help from nobody. Not at all. None. I wanted everything to be done on my own power. And I, to this day, I still do. But back then, it was different, man. Because back then, I was desperate. But I didn't show it. Nowadays, I'm still desperate. And I'm showing it. And I don't like it. It, it, it shows a weak character in me. And I don't like that. And no, I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I'm not saying anybody's perfect. And I'm weak. I'm just saying it's a weak characteristic of me. And I don't like it. And I know I'll never be perfect, but damn, can I try? But that brings me back to where I was saying homeless. Because when I was homeless, it was as if I was perfect. Because now that I think about it, before I was homeless, I never listened to all the old heads and everything they told me. The moment I was homeless, everything they told me just clicked in my brain and I knew exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And then when I was off the streets, I lost the old heads' voices. And it's probably because they didn't tell me what to do after that point. Except one dead, but the one that told me, he never got to finish telling me the story. Because the one that told me, as he was telling me, he was killed. Bullet hitting. And of course, everybody that was there, we all fled for our lives. Including me. But eventually, you know, I came back to the scene. You know, after I called the cops. Well, it wasn't me that called the cops. I was there with the person who called the cops. So, but by technicality, I guess you would say that I called the cops, but I didn't. But, oh well. Whatever you want to take, whatever force your boat. But I was sitting there. And I was wondering, what the hell happened? What do I do next? Because these stories are actually entertaining. It's just I didn't want to listen to them. But then it hit me in reality. And I learned that the stories they was telling me, I'm now living their stories. So I know exactly what's going to happen, page by fucking page, and boy did I ever fucking know it. But I had a different, a little bit of a difference in the receiving, because, like I said, when I thought I was alone, I wasn't alone. I had a couple people that I still talk to to this day. 
And boy, the fuck did they ever. I mean, I might tag a few of those people in the screenshot of this episode. I may not. Point is, I learned in your darkest moments, you will get help by very, very few people. And it helped me. It showed me that I wasn't alone in this world. It actually put me on track for greatness. Because thanks to that, thanks to those people, my life went on a different direction. It's a life going in a different direction. Because before that happened, I already knew where my life is heading. I was going to keep banging and banging, getting into these fights every day, still being mad, hating everybody, and end up in the grave probably by 18. If even making that high. People project, projected me to be dead by 5. Then they said 7. Then they said 9. Then they said 13. Then they said 15. I surpassed those ages. But then I looked at my life after being homeless. And my life was slowly changed for the better. And now I project my life for a possible chance to set out what I originally wanted to do. Which is either headline WrestleMania against The Undertaker in the street. That's gone. So bye. Or against... The phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and have a true dream match. The phenomenal one versus the phenomenal one. T.Y. versus AJ. I can see that being a WrestleMania-worthy match. I mean, AJ, if you ever hear this podcast, I'm up for the challenge if you are. I mean, you can go ahead, you can bring your moniker as the phenomenal one down. You can put it on the line. I'll come out, bring my streak and moniker as the phenomenal one out. And at WrestleMania, we can do battle and prove to the world just how phenomenal we are and who's the better man that night and every night. Who's the true phenomenal one in an instant five-star classic. It will be better than Shawn Michaels on the both times. It will be the true greatest match ever. But that's if you got the balls enough to do it, man. If you ever want to, I'm here. And I ain't hiding. But that's me. My life went in a different direction. Within that time, I had a clearer mind with a desperate life. And why? Because I've learned to need people. And that's a bad thing. But people need people. Only demons need something. And you see, that's how I live my entire life. I live my life as a demon. And demons need death. People need people. And those people who change from a demon to a person, they're not human. They're angels. So I went from a demon to an angel. And my life changed into a different direction. My life changed for the better in a different direction. You can call this T.Y. P1 Styles.